Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. That, my friends, was painful. Yet somehow, some way. The Suns outlasted the Los Angeles Clippers one by four by a final score of 84 to 80. Feels like an 80s game or a 90s game there with all the defense and just lack of shooting. I mean, seriously, nine total for three pointers were made in this game. But you know what? Champions adjust, and that's what the Phoenix Suns did tonight. They began as the aggressor and they ended with more points on the scoreboard. And now we are one win away from the NBA Finals. Welcome, everybody, to the Suns Jam Session and Solar Panel Podcast. My name is John, and just giving everybody a quick reminder to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're consuming this content, whether it be on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Hit that thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe. If you're listening, do all that fun stuff, too. Uh, but as I welcome in all of my cohorts, and Matthew, how you feeling? What's up? I feel great, man. I feel really good. I love how you ask after a win. I just uh, I would I feel good, right? I asked it after right? the loss last time, and you yeah. said good. And I feel bad. <laughs> oh, did I say good? Yes, you did. Espo, how you doing? I am good. The Suns get the Pat Beverly of wins, ugly but effective, and I will Ooh. take it. All right. I think if you looked at me this morning at 8 a.m. when we did the show and me now, I look 10 years older. That's what that game I was did thinking to me. when you came on, the same exact thing. So. Holy crap. <laughs> there was no Saul. gray in the beard earlier. Saul and Espar are literally wearing the same shirts they wore this morning on the Sun Solar Panel podcast. <laughs> Fantastic! How you doing, Saul? How you feeling? Uh, I'm have pretty, happy, Saul. Back. I, I, I'm. I'm feeling. I'm feeling pretty good. I will say though, I did use Just for Men today, and it was all black. And then the game happened. So there it is. <laughs> that, that was in his nether regions, though, so you can't <laughs> no. see it. Oh, see, Espo, you didn't even have to go there. Like, what? <laughs> we all we all could do the math. We figured it out. You know, with Manscaped being a sponsor of both of our shows, it's obvious True. that you get just for men, uh, you know, for the chin fro hey. and the ball fro. <laughs> the Suns we, just did it, we, baby. Let's go. We all have yes. the genitalias. We got to tell the fans about it, right? <laughs> yes, we got to let them know. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know where to go after that. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to remind everybody that it's chugging with the fellas time. Yes. We win. We chug with the fellas. <clears throat> Matthew, it looks like you've got a four peak sun brew. Fantastic. Yep. Left over. Uh, uh, Espo and Saul, what do you have? Uh, I have a Dosecchi's in my glass, but I also have a crooked stave sour that I'm going to sip on through Ooh, the rest see, of the show. I love it. I love it. See, what I love about Saul is he's got the good taste in beers. He likes the sours. That is a true beer drinker. Espo, however, what's in that glass? Straight vodka, because Ooh. that's what this game requires. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I need cheers. a drink, damn it. <laughs> cheers to everybody chugging with the fellas. Put them back. That's great audio. <laughs> that is fantastic <sighs> audio. Damn. Well done, everybody. Well done, Phoenix Suns. Well done, Phoenix Suns. Because you know what? You have to win all kinds of games. And so far in this series, through their first three wins out of four games, they've shown us that they can win in all kinds of games. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and drop the beat. Let's talk about this victory over the Los Angeles Clippers. Yes, yes, it is an 84 to 80 victory for the Phoenix Suns over the Los Angeles Clippers in game four, which was another three hour game. 
Two of our three wins have come via the three-hour assortment. Uh, just give me some initial thoughts as we go around the podcast here on how you're feeling after this long, drawn-out, stressful. Uh, the Suns only scoring, you know, what, like t- 34 points in the second half victory. I have never felt better to owe Dave King a dinner than I do after this. That's a win, and if they had lost, this would have felt like crap. But in a win, it feels beautiful because you're heading home 3-1 with a chance to close them out in front of the loudest crowd in the NBA on Monday night. And that's all that you wanted coming out of L.A. So I'm feeling good. Uh, my biggest takeaway right now, and it was an ugly game. It was. But, man, I was hoping they would win just so I could talk about DeAndre mother effing <laughs> Aiton and how – amazing he was tonight i know we're gonna get to aiden watch so i won't spoil yeah. it too much okay. but okay. i love that dude i love <laughs> yeah him. hold it for then but uh one is the uh, loneliest number right for the clippers they were down by one for how long in this game 12 minutes maybe and they could not get over five, the hump five minutes from 1007 to i think 637 okay i'm glad someone one. tracked it yeah, yeah there's two things i want to track could not could not get over the hump i wanted someone to track that and also Devin Booker with and without the mask and his stats. But I guess those didn't really matter too much. It didn't vary too much. Well, it was he definitely either way. Yeah, <laughs> there you it go. was an ugly stats night for everybody. Yeah. There's nobody who you're going to go through the box score and go, you know what? They had a fantastic game, except DeAndre Ayton. And we'll get to him momentarily. But I will say, as the game began, you saw those adjustments right off the bat. It was a much more crisp start to the game for the Phoenix Suns. There was more energy. You look at the, the first four plays and the first 10 points that they scored. It was a pick and roll to Aiton, a CP3 midi, a Booker layup, and a Jay Crowder three. And then it was a timeout by the Los Angeles Clippers. And you knew right then, you know, this is Monty Williams showing you that he has made the adjustments. And it shows you that the Suns executed those adjustments. And you knew coming right into this game that we were going to have a much different feel than what we saw in game three. This was... Uh, a little bit more physical for the Suns. They were allowed to be a little bit more physical going on. And I'm not saying that they got away with fouls. I'm just saying that they were more aggressive and they were willing to put their body up against the Clippers and not allow them to just kind of walk all over them like they did in game three. The, yeah. The, one, one, oh, just really quick. One thing I wanted to watch was really Terrence Mann versus Cameron Payne coming off the bench, the energy there. Cause that last game, the Suns lost last last game was basically Terrence Mann came out. He was just a hero, but he actually started the game. He came off the bench. So I'm like, how would Payne match that? The first half, it was good. Of course, Payne kind of like wandered off in the second half. He didn't do too much, but they did match that energy early. In the second half, I mean, both teams were just so terribly... Suns were in and out of the basket, right? All their shots looked like good shots. It was just in and out, and that was really the difference, and the Clippers just could not take advantage of that. Yeah, I, I had a couple things that I was kind of confounded about tonight. Uh, not only, obviously, both teams apparently just don't know what a basket is in the in the fourth quarter, but uh, I was really confounded about um, substitutions. Like, Abdel Nader got a lot more run than I thought he would. Uh, my boy Tory Craig didn't even see the floor until until the last minute of the game. Uh, I was like, what 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 is going on tonight? It was just really an odd game from beginning to finish. Uh, you know, and, and then I even said, you know, DA was having this phenomenal game, but they weren't again, like I said this morning, like I would like to see them run some action for him. They sub in Dario and the first time they come down the court, they run action for Dario to post up. I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> so it's just, it was just an odd game from beginning to end. The 15 to 14 in the fourth quarter. 15 Jeez. to 14 in an in NBA the game. Western oh Conference Finals. We're not talking middle of uh, of you know March where guys are, are just uh, you know screwing around. This is this is 15 14 in the Western Conference Finals. But the thing is, uh, and one of the commenters said it, this is the kind of game that Suns teams in the past don't win. Because they don't have the defense and the toughness to stay in there mm-hmm. and keep it together. This team did. They they built on a foundation of playing tough defense. And that showed tonight because they came through. And when the Clippers were playing tough on them, they were meet, matching it beat for beat on the other end of the court. 
And, and that they knew they had to do that because that's what the Clippers brought. And again, Paul George doesn't come through in the end for him. They had a chance there uh, and, and they, they could not finish it out for the Clippers and Thank God for Chris Paul at the free throw line. I know he missed one of those, but but he oh. comes up with a big rebound. Just uh, and and props to Monty for not being one of those coaches that goes, "I'm not going to foul uh, up three. I'm not going right. to do it." That, he committed to that and said, yes. "No, we're going to do it every freaking time. If that you're going to beat us, you're going to do it at the free throw line." That is something you don't see very often, and you can do that when you have guys like Devin Booker and Chris Paul in the fold, where you know they're basically automatic from the free throw line, right? Uh, but I mean, yeah, I haven't seen it to that degree where basically for the last 45 seconds, it was like, nah, we're not giving you a three. We're fouling you every single time. Which makes sense. This is the best three-point shooting team in the league. Why give them any opportunity? Especially when Devin Booker has fouled out. Why would you give them an opportunity to hit a game-time three that could put into overtime and you're down, you're offensively your best player? So... I think it's a genius strategy by Monty Williams. Uh, the only strategy, uh, you know, lever that he pulled in that final minute that went on for four hours that I didn't agree with in any way, shape, or form was why the fuck was Dario Sarge in the game? At any point, why is he in the game? Well, well, well he, had, right? he was in there for rebounding only. Yeah, yeah. Which, which he got an offensive foul on. He no, no, no. Let's turn the ball over. He got defensive foul. Yeah. Let's, or let's defensive, be fair. I'm sorry. There was that whole situation was that's Dario because yeah. he gets the foul, right? But then he tips the ball out that gets to Chris Paul on the other missed free throw. So that's, that's Dario. Dario. So he, he has to do that to evolve into a really special player on the next play. This basically. would have been <laughs> this would have been the only time, Espo, that I would have been like, oh my God, if we only had a quality backup big. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it, ha- it, would, yeah. it would rear its ugly head and it almost did. Right? It's it almost like so did. close. To, yeah, so close to like these teams winning these games because of our lack of backup bigs, but in the end, for some reason, the Suns are winning this game. And I, I really say for some reason, because I have no idea how the hell they won this game. Oh, I they do win you. the game, so it doesn't matter. So we don't talk about it as much. I can tell you why they're winning the game. It's because we have the only big that matters. Watch 2021. Oh, DeAndre Ayton. Okay, now I'm going to preface this. This, <laughs> this is kind of like a positive negative thing but when both teams shoot from the field from the field the way that they did in this game the suns shot a total of 36 percent from the field the clippers shot 32 percent. they made 27 baskets the suns made 31 okay i've seen teams do that in a, in a half there's going to be a lot of rebounds and you know what you need to have a guy who's going to go and get those rebounds and that man tonight was deandre ayton and i was tracking him through the entire game, 11 points, six rebounds in the first quarter, four points, three rebounds, two blocks in the second, two points, eight rebounds, eight fucking rebounds in the second or uh, and two blocks in the third quarter and two points, five rebounds in the fourth. Obviously, when you go back and you hear those numbers, 15 points in the first half, uh, four points in the second half, but then nine rebounds in the first half. Uh, total of 13 rebounds in the second half. He ends with a total of 19 points and 22 rebounds tonight including nine offensive rebounds in a game that ends 84 to 80 every one of those offensive rebounds is an opportunity to lead to lead to second chance points deandre ayton is a man amongst men as this team is up three to one in the western conference finals if they can somehow close this out in game five at home deandre ayton is your western conference finals mvp it there's no question am i right no, I, I completely agree. Go ahead, Espo. You got thoughts. Go ahead. I was just to say his his four points in the second half were like sixty percent of their output as a team. So <laughs> don't hold that against him. You know, and look, I, he was he, the, the man was a vacuum out there tonight. He was he was sucking in all the rebounds, and he was doing that on the defensive end too. Four blocks. I mean, technically, he probably should have had five. There yeah. was another one that he got called a, a foul on, but you know. Uh, he he was just fantastic uh, when you needed him to be. I mean, he was eight of fourteen from the field. You take that out, and and a bad shooting night becomes an atrocious shooting night 
uh, without without his eight of fourteen in there. It's not well, pretty. You know, we were talking about how there's no way Devin Booker and Chris Paul could ever go ten for forty again or ten well, for they, forty. And they it, didn't. They, all they did was go fourteen for forty four. See, not ten for forty. So technically, I, mean, I, I don't know, Dave even, Dinner. Even even that was out of the realm of possibility. But Da. My gosh, even uh, there was a, a point in the game where, you know, obviously the Clippers were trying to score just a bucket to take the lead. <laughs> and D.A. switched up, and I, I believe it was Frank jo- Jackson on the perimeter. Um, Reggie I think it, it might, Jackson. Reggie Jackson. God, he, I do love Reggie Frank Jackson, Jackson, though. Reggie Jackson on the perimeter. <laughs> I love taking- and, and he D'd him up and blocked his shot. And it was just like, man, you know, like with a guy back there, it just gives everybody else so much confidence to be able to play a little bit more physical, not stupid, and we'll get to that in a second because there were some fouls that were just plain dumb tonight, um, yeah. <clears throat> Devin Booker. Uh, and so, you know, I Bar just – for the course. Yeah. <laughs> but DeAndre, I mean, his his composure, his excitement, his energy. Remember how many times we've talked about during the course of his career, like he just seems like he's going through the motions out there. There is no doubt. He is definitely not doing that in these playoffs, especially in the Western Conference Finals. And you're right. If they win on Monday, he's got to be the MVP because he's been the most consistent from game one to game five and possibly the best player out there. Do they actually give a conference finals MVP? Or we just no, do? they don't. We do, though. Okay. We, we can give it out. We'll Damn it star out. of the Western Conference yeah. Finals. Okay, yeah. shout, out, shout out to uh, No Dunks, too. Uh, this is a lot of beef, right? I think they give away yes. an award when someone gets 20 rebounds. Espo, you a fan of No Dunks? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole lot of beef tonight. A whole for, lot uh, of beef. Yeah, yeah he did that. Is. And I love Twitter, too, today. They're like, keep feeding DA in the second half. And I think Monty probably went into halftime and said something about that because I think the first two plays were drawn out to get DA the ball. He fumbled them away, and he didn't have an opportunity to really do much with it. So they kind of went away from that. But you can kind of see, like, they were actually, like, you know, DA's taking over, giving the ball. In this series, if he can get a good handle on the ball, he is basically like a shack down there against Zubac. You know, he can't be stopped. If he has any opportunity to have the ball in the paint, he's going to score with the hook shot. So it looked like they were looking towards that. I think more of him getting the ball is something maybe next season where they have a good off season to really draw up good plays, get him more involved with the offense. Because right now it always seems like, you know, he has a good first half and then the second half, it's just they hard to get him the him. ball. They, but it, they do. But I honestly think too, the rebounds itself is the only thing that really matters tonight with both teams doing terrible. So yeah, you can't really got to get those possessions. Offensively. But, yeah. So but that was the most the, important thing. But at the same time, and I, I don't want to go down to a negative road. I'm, I'm, I want to stay positive tonight, but at the same time, you literally had a stretch of like eight minutes where you didn't get a bucket. Not one time could you call a play for my man to get the ball yeah, down low you. and just try it. Yeah. You know, you got Devin 110%. Booker chucking threes and he's 0 for 6 from three. It's like just once, just once. See, mm-hmm. see, see if he comes through and then maybe you try it again if he does. Like you, you had nothing going whatsoever. And yeah. Yeah, let's be honest though, there, I don't know if I've ever seen a game where a team missed so many shots that were just in and out, in and out, in and out. In and out. I'm like, you thought it was going in. You're like, yeah, oh, what? Yes. Oh, frustrating. Yeah, frustrating. Well, uh, shout out to Blaze Megatron real quick in the chat. He's not only a flaming baller, but also an elite jamster. Uh, he says, Aiden is our steadiest player. Aiden Watch was kind of created to analyze his up and down performances game to game. Now it's all love. And it's it's great how that has uh, evolved. You know, when you look at DeAndre Aiden and he's doing all those little things right. And the narrative in numerous playoff series this year is – Bigs get played off of the court. We've seen it in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals where Brooke Lopez got played off the court. Now, granted, he was a contributing factor in the game two win for the Bucks, But you, saw, you see with like Porzingis in Dallas and Nurkic in Portland. And Aiton can't be played off the court. And that's special, Suns fans. I mean, we really have a special, unique player in DeAndre Ayton. And he's continually coming through in these big moments. And you're right, Saul, 110%. And everybody says, you know, again, I brought up the statistics earlier. He was two for five in the second half. They're not feeding him the ball. And, and you could chalk a little bit of that up to defensive adjustments. They're trying to take him away. They're going to allow Chris Paul and Devin Booker to continue to shoot three-pointers and mid-range shots if they're not going to hit him. And they're going to squeeze down on DeAndre Ayton. What I can really see is an adjustment moving forward 
is if they do hit a couple of those shots, DA can feast again. But I feel like this is a continual thing that we've seen all season long. He'll have a great first quarter. He's absent for seven minutes of the second quarter. He comes down the third, has a positive impact, and we don't see him till seven minutes in the fourth quarter. The way that Monty Williams runs his rotations, it's not always indicative of allowing DA to just continually cook. But at some point, he's going to have a game that we're, we're going to see 35-40 from him. And I'm hoping it's in the NBA fucking finals. But look, Ooh. he's you can't play him off the court because he's versatile beef. He doesn't mm-hmm. like that big name. So we'll call him versatile yes. Yes. beef. He's going to get you them rebounds. He's going to do the little things uh, and find a way to score even when it's not fed to him. Though, and, and he did that tonight. He continually did it. I, look, there, we can't put lipstick on a pig. It was an ugly game from every aspect for everyone except Aiton on the boards and Aiton offensively. Everything else was pretty damn ugly. But winning ugly is necessary on your way to getting 16 wins uh, in a title chase. You have to win ugly. You're not going to mm-hmm. win everything sure. like that nine-game streak. For sure. You know, I, I mean, it, again, the the game was ugly. The officiating was ugly. Uh, and, and for everybody in the chat that's talking about, like, the Suns are – you know, blah blah blah. The, the the Clippers got it tonight too. Like there was a couple, there was a couple calls that went against them that I was like, okay, I feel you. you know I mean, I like for, yeah. for real. You know what I mean? Like so, I think they were equally bad for both teams. So I don't really feel like the the officials are a total factor um, as much as other people clearly do. Uh, the other thing is, is I don't know if you guys noticed, but when they called Zubac off of the bench, uh, and I think it was the last free throw. My man was limping, and he had tweaked his knee earlier in the game. He did. He, he was limping onto the court, and I wonder what his availability is going to look like once that thing kind of swells up overnight um, for for Monday. Because if he doesn't go, it, 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 it's a wrap. It's you a wrap. Throw Marcus in there, right? Marcus oh, at the big. Real quick, Marcus. real quick on the, the on that officiating. I will say this, okay? It is going both ways. It's bullshit both ways. And yes. when you watch playoff basketball, mm-hmm. that that happens. Here's a fun thing to do. Here's a fun exercise. What are you doing tomorrow night, Jamsters and and uh, Flaming Ballers? Going watch the Bucks go to church. It's a Monday, Matthew. Yeah, oh, it is uh, Sunday. No, it is. A- <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a nap. <laughs> Dude, on you. Proves how much I go. I walk down. Uh, I go to mass. It's been a while. I, I walk um, down the aisles. That I walk down the aisles. now. Is that what's I'm going on? I got married. <laughs> <laughs> but my point here is watch the other series, watch the Eastern conference finals. You're going to see the same shit when every possession is so vital and carries so much weight. Every call is questioned. And we see that as Suns fans, because we notice the ones that don't go our way. But think about the ones as Saul said that you go, well, I kind of should have went the Clippers way. Here's the difference though. Clippers are the, the top shooting team in, in uh, all of basketball history relative to free throw percentage made, correct? The Suns are number two, and both of those teams beat out last year's Suns percentage-wise as the best free throw shooting teams ever. Here's the difference. The Suns were 85% from the line tonight. The Clippers were 65.6. They were 21 of 32. They had nine more free throw attempts than the Suns, but only three more makes. So again, when you hit the playoffs, everything comes down to free throws. And when you're not making the free points, you're not going to win games. And that's what happened. Again, another contributing factor. Nobody can make a shot tonight. Again, I, I went over. There was a total of, what, 58 total made baskets in this game? Like, I felt like I was watching 90s basketball, and the three-point line might have just, just shouldn't have existed. They were all mid-rangers, and everybody was missing it. But when you can't make your free throws, you're not going to win games. And the Suns, in their two close games against the Clippers, it was free throws that determined whether or not they won. And they have defeated the team that is the best shooting free throw team in the regular season in the playoffs thus far. Look, on the refs, too, there was that play at the end, campaign coming down, Batum hits it. That went off pain. I mean, if if they had reviewed it, it would have went the same way. It mm-hmm. went the went the but, other game, but and they I didn't review. Booker, so. But I guarantee you, the NBA was like, "Dude, we can't have that. Like, yes. we can't have that." Yeah. Because in real time, you clearly know it's off of a Batum. But if you slow it down to the nth percent, it's like, of course, it's going to be. It could go any way. But I think the I, NBA I stepped in there. That's why the ref was so quick to be like, "Nope, nope, it's out nope. of bounds. It's out of bounds. We're not even going to the 
to the yeah. to the review. But I can see why you know Suns fans are like, oh, the the officiating. Th-. Clippers fans are doing the same damn thing. They're pointing, oh, yeah. going, "Look, that two nights ago that was, uh, or three nights ago that was, that uh, you know that was out mm-hmm. on uh, on the Suns, and now you're not even going to look at it. Like everybody's going to complain about refereeing. That's just the way it happens in the playoffs, and it's bad on both uh, on both sides. I mean, that's it, it. That is not a factor here. The Clippers may just be a, le- a a a really really unlucky team compared to where we as Suns fans always thought we were on that spectrum. <laughs> that may be the case going on here, and and I feel for them on that on that level. I mean, yeah. didn't you? But uh, again, to that point, the the ball that was uh, between I think it was Paul George and Mikhail Bridges, where there was this like yes. the, the over the top view clearly looked like it was Paul George that top touched. Yep. But then the other view looked like it could have been Mikhail, and they said jump ball on the floor. And I'm sitting here trying to think like there's no there's no absolute evidence that says either one is right. So why don't we just jump the ball? Instead, they gave it to the Clippers. As a Suns fan, I'm like, oh, that's BS. You know what I mean? Like this is trash. I think the so- whole calling it a jump ball on the court is BS because you you have to make that call. If there were yeah, no make review, a decision. if there's no review. You should be making that call, right? Hold I mean, on, real quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just take a break Whoa. here. Holy Shout out to uh, Jesus. Code JJM in the chat. Just Dude, I hope you meant to do bucks. that. <laughs> I hope you weren't meaning for 10 bucks because you said, my apologies for all the eight and slander. I repent in the name of the sons, the Dave King, and the Holy Jenner. Amen. <laughs> Go say, go say your five Hail Marys. You'll be able to. Yo, right. you, no you have been needed. absolved. You have been absolved. Yo, Yo I'm not, I haven't seen a cut of any of this money. Where's this going? I don't know. I don't know where it goes. It, it goes to Matthew's Invisalign account. I'm just going to leave that up for a while. <laughs> it's it's yeah, stuff. for sure. Well, I, I went to Catholic school, so I know when you pay that kind of money, you get absolved of anything you'd like. So, so you, you were absolved, you my friend. Coda Kid just wow. said, Code JJM is the jam star of the For night. sure. Nice job, yeah. Code JJM. Seriously. We'll, we'll remember remember that. I love that. But if wow. you're talking about fouls, too, I'm sorry. Should we go back to the pod? No. I feel like she's yes. ending right there. No, to go back to Matthew. fouls. Booker, I he had a, everyone had a terrible night. Booker, we need you. These fouls need to stop six fouls in the game to be fouled out should not happen in these playoff games you got to be better even early on in the game when he had that shove against mark marcus morris in the back it wasn't called but that could have been a technical or something crazy where he just got kind of frustrated with him and pushed off on him i know it was missed but things like that kind of just i'm like i thought that was kind of behind us in a way but it's not and the six fouls just should not happen for booker he's he's our star no one can make a shot tonight but it doesn't matter man he should be in the game at the end i'm like but nader did come in and monty loves this guy Mont, he's played pretty good defense in this game and i i don't know how much minutes he's gonna get next game but he did take Jalen or i'm sorry tory craig's minutes and i just think that monty loves this guy but he does play pretty good defense so if you're gonna have that as a backup uh, God bless him for being back, and he got pretty good minutes in his first game back in a long time. You're right, and I got a couple things I want to hit on there before I get into Nader. You know, when you talk about Devin Booker and you look at his performance during the regular season, he had 103 total fouls this year, and 28 of those were offensive fouls. Okay, so he's not necessarily somebody who is consistently committing those offensive fouls. But when you look at his performance in the playoffs thus far, and this doesn't include this game, uh, but I feel like there's a lot more offensive fouls being called on him. You know, he, I think of his five fouls in the last game, three of them were offensive. I want to say three again occur tonight and you can credit the Los Angeles Clippers and Patrick Beverly for putting him in those situations. You can credit the bad refereeing because, again, on that last foul, the sixth foul, I think if they reviewed it and it was a regular season game, they would have called a foul on Reggie Jackson. Am I wrong there? Yes. That was, he okay. The reach-in? Yes. He, he the reach in. He re- the whole time. Yeah. The whole time. So, again, they're doing those things to throw off Devin Booker, and I think now's a good time to bring up the Devin Booker conversation. You know, ever since he had his amazing game one, he's really kind of fallen off. You know, you look at the last two games, he's 13 for 43, uh, you know, the adjustments that they're making have worked on Devin Booker. We're not seeing the same Devin Booker that we've seen thus far in the playoffs because of the def- defensive intensity that they're throwing at him. What are your guys' thoughts on Devin Booker thus far? And will we see him 
get over this hump because he's going in a micro slump, which is understandable. I'm not saying Devin Booker sucks. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, he is, you know, if, if you want to be Kobe, you got to be Kobe. Hey, so. uh, look, broken nose is part of this. Patrick Beverly is part of this. And it's, I don't, I think it's less, well, part, one thing he can do better is try to find his teammates. He's forcing right now. He's pressing in certain situations. But his teammates also need to pick him up as well because when he's not shooting well, when they're playing that kind of defense on him, other guys have to pick up the slack. Jay Crowder has to hit. McHale has to hit. Uh, you, you know, campaign needs to needs to hit shots. If you're going to have Abdel Nader in there, Abdel Nader has to hit shots. Like his teammates have to lift him up in this point. And you know, my guess is the slump ends in Game Five with the chance to to throw the knockout blow. At least I hope. But you need the Jay Crowders of the world to start hitting those open looks because with as much pressure as Beverly and the Clippers are putting on Booker, other guys are getting looks and they need to connect. Yeah. This, this isn't the the same Suns team that we've, we've seen basically all season, right? Like the last couple of games have been very out of the ordinary or, or reminiscent of the games that they haven't played well in. This game was just like that. This game was almost no different than the other night. The only difference was, is that their defensive intensity um, was much better. And you got to give the Clippers credit for being so sh- crappy tonight. Like they were not very good at all. They couldn't throw, Paul George couldn't throw a rock in the ocean tonight. Like that's part of this. And, but that's also because of the Suns' defense, right? Like they, they've been playing consistent defense. They played intense from the jump tonight. And that, again, that wears you down. Frank, or Frank Jackson, dang it. Reggie Jackson. Uh, <laughs> Reggie Jackson. I thought for sure Reggie Jackson was going to tap out of this game. There was a point where he where he bent over, and you could just see him just sucking wind, hardcore. And then all of a sudden, like it's like he got a second win, and he and he was the one that kind of propelled the Clippers in the third quarter towards the end to kind of get them going. And I was like, oh man, Reggie. He Jackson's was the gonna, captain now. Yeah, he was the captain, but. <laughs> It didn't last, and I think that's part of the fatigue part of this whole thing is that they've played, what, 25 out of the last, like, 30 days? Or, I don't yeah, know, for I real. Mean, yeah, but does that – I mean, they're basketball players. They can get the hang of it. But, I mean, they, they held in with the Suns, but Booker – Still down. Really quick on Booker, I think him getting to the line is, is a focus he needs to do – because focus he needs to focus on, which makes no sense. Either he, – he's 0 for 5 from – three tonight which is really bad so those threes he was trying to force and trying to get in a groove shouldn't really exist because i feel like those kind of three those takes should be like a da pass inside or something to move the ball around like nicholas tanson in the chat move the there's no reason to force these threes we know you're not like a great three-point shooter except for that game six in la so just move the ball get to the rim he did that a little bit in the third quarter and he can draw fouls if he wants to especially if he removes the mass and his broken nose is exposed i feel like those refs are going to give him the benefit of the doubt right if he's throwing it out there and someone hits him maybe he'll get a few a few fouls not in the second no way Yeah, no, I'm I'm again, give him the benefit of the doubt. I, I think Dave made a point this morning. You would like to see Monty maybe get Booker the ball down low on the block a little bit more instead of trying to create on the perimeter against Beverly. Agree. He has he yeah. has the height mismatch. He has the physicality mismatch. Like take advantage of that. What's happening right now is, is that Beverly is 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 almost he's in his head. You can't deny that. Like even on that last, the last uh, you know two minutes of the game when Booker was trying to force up that three and Beverly got a ball, uh, got his hand on that ball. Like each time you go up for the shot, you're thinking like, I, I hope he doesn't nick this or doesn't throw me out of my rhythm. And and it just it's just that little percentage that throws you a little bit off. And that's what I think is happening with Devin right now. Like he's he's off of his game a little bit. Yes, the broken nose has has something to do with it. Not denying that, but Beverly also has something to do with oh, yeah. it. I think they're 50-50 right now in terms of who's more effective. And uh, when you see Devin Booker throw the mask off, you know, like, he's not all there. He's not, like, mm-hmm. 100% it, it's Devin in his Booker. Head. Yeah, he's exactly. So that's something he's going to continue to work on. I, I felt like he came out in a better rhythm tonight to start off. It just he didn't finish like it. Um, and that's just, you know, maybe we're in there. Part of that felt like pace of play to me, though. The first half – was fast again, yes, right? Yes, it was. Which is yeah, what they did in games one and two. 
The second half, all of a sudden, grinded to a halt. And, and that's where Patrick Beverly can body up Devin Booker and, and slow him down. And, and the, whole, the whole Clippers defense can do that to the Suns. And that pace is just not – I mean, the Suns got the wind tonight playing that way. But I just feel like if you're going to blow the doors off of them in game five, if you're going to end this thing for good – that pace has to be fast like you saw in that first quarter and you saw in games one and two. And I know that's not where Chris Paul likes to play, but the greats can adjust and do it, especially for one game to end things, right? By the and way, I'll... I love that I love that Saul, when he thinks of, of Reggie Jackson, is like Paul George when he gets to the free throw line. It's a little, little hitch and he's got the Frank and uh, – and then, yeah. uh, then he picks it back up. You know? Yeah. Just when you think Reggie Jackson, think ASU, think Oakland think, A's, think, think baseball, a, think, yeah, think baseball, <laughs> think Angels, think the guy who almost tried to kill Queen Elizabeth in Naked Gun, Reggie Jackson, <laughs> man, Reggie Jackson. That's that, that's how I always remember him. Uh, speaking of Chris Paul, and I think that's you know a, a good place to transition to Chris Paul is when we do come back home, I do expect him to to play with a little bit more of the the pep in his step, if you will. You know, game three was a feel-out game, as as cliche as it may sound, for Chris Paul, as he was trying to get back into some semblance of playoff basketball shape. He had been sidelined with COVID, didn't play for 11 games, after coming off of a season-high 37 points to close out the Denver Nuggets. And then you go into hostile territory. You're playing the Staples Center with their crowd, which I'll give him like a six and a half out of 10 on their intensity. It looked like, and based off of like what Gina Mizell was saying that there was a lot of Suns fans there. So kudos. If you're a Suns fan who was there at the Staples center and you're in downtown LA, you know, a, a tip of the hat to you, my good friends, Tim Tompkins in the chat, former uh, solar panel host. Yes, sir. You know, I, I think I took his spot. Um, he was in Florida bar saying that it was packed full of Suns fans going crazy and that he'd never seen anything like that. So shout out to him. How, Love it. how many of the shirts and hats still had the tags on them is what I want to know <laughs> out there in Florida. You know what's funny is I went at halftime uh, just right up the street to like the local mini mart to grab some more of the Kurs Lats that I'm drinking. And the cashier said to me, she's like, oh, it's great to see you wearing Suns gear. It's really hard right now to tell the difference between a bandwagon or a real Suns fan. And I just I gave her my business card yeah. for this podcast. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like who are you like, hey? I'm, Were you like, hey, bitch, I've been in here like the last 20 days. I would hey. not do that to anybody in customer would, service, but never. Okay. What do you think? You're the new head coach of the Portland Trailblazers or the oh, Dallas Mavericks? Oh, oh, Espo for the knockout punch. Damn, son. But to cut. But to the Chris Paul point, you know, I mean, again, he comes in this game. He's six for 22 from the field. He has 18 points, seven assists, but he was really surgical again in that third quarter and going into the fourth on drawing those fouls and doing all those little things, right? He wants to play at that slower pace on the road because he knows that's what takes the, the crowd out of it. If you're drawing those little bullshit fouls, which we know we've seen it, you know, my, my wife was asking me during the game. She's like, well, why is he getting a foul called him on him? Like, why doesn't he just go get two points? It's like, because you slow that momentum down and you bring the crowd down a little bit, especially when the, the, uh, the Clippers were putting together a little bit of that run. And, and don't get me wrong. They had the best quarters tonight. They scored 30 points in the third. That was the highest point total outside of the Suns having 29 in the first. But is Chris Paul's a way to be surgical coupled with the fact that he's been out for the past, you know, X amount of days. And I think as we move forward and we go into that game five at home, we will see a little bit more of that fast pace. We will see him trying to engage in the offense a little bit sooner. Yeah. Surgical only works in that way when he's hitting those middies though, like true slowing it down, grinding it to a halt and then shooting and missing. Uh, is is not is not an effective way, right? Uh, that's uh, that's not going to quiet fair. the crowd. I mean, that's uh, that's my only problem with it right now. Beginning to yeah, the line, I, will I, I like him pushing the pace in the second in the first half? Like he honestly, him and campaign when they switched in and out and they played together too. They were pushing the pace a lot, and I love that. And I think you're right, John. Slowing it down, you know, getting the heads of the fans and the players, trying to you know take them out of it. But I mean, could we see that maybe next game, you know, second half come in, keep speeding it up, you know, and then campaign comes in and he replaced Booker in, in uh, the first half a few times. So they played together.
but I like them kind of playing together, even though Chris Paul got mad a few times when campaign would take an early shot, but them on the floor together, if campaign can push it with him, I think that's effective and it's a nice replacement for Booker. I love people in the chat trying to prove that they're longtime fans. We've got Mike that says, I was excited about the Sonny Weems signing. So, that yes, you passed the test. Uh, we, Sonny was a very nice man and, yeah. and, and not the and, level that was and needed. And you know what? I, I don't think that should be the level of that. If you are a bandwagoner and this is your first time watching the pod, who gives a shit? Welcome aboard. Yeah. I don't care. You're Welcome not getting our $100, though. That's You're not, yeah, you, you don't you don't get the hundred dollars that code threw us earlier. But become become an, a flaming baller, become an elite jamster. Join. Welcome to the party. We've been doing this all year. We've been doing this for a long time. The Sun Solar Panel's been going on for four or five years. We've been doing it for a couple. I mean, it's great to see new names in the chat. It's great to see the old names in the chat. It's great to be a part of everything that we're experiencing right now, including the return of the Tornator, the Pyramid Poppy. Abdul Nader made his return for playing his first minutes since March. And as Matthew alluded to earlier, you know, he might have only ended with five minutes, but it might have felt like a little bit longer. Why? What did I mean? Did you actually think that he was going to get minutes? After loves being, no, but did you think he was actually going to get minutes after he got cleared to play like over Tory Craig? I mean, he had two fouls in his first three minutes. What was Abdul Nader doing out there? I thought he was break glass in case of emergency if Me every too. other player fouls out. Like, I did not expect to see him as, as one of the first guys off the bench. Darth I did not Nader. expect to see him at all. I, I actually thought it was Devin Booker the first time I saw him out there because the one was uh, the one was kind of folded over the other one and I and I go oh yeah it's Devin and then somebody said no Abdel Nader's on the court and you go what the hell what what, what is going on here uh, I don't know I, I, Monty loves that guy and I don't quite understand it but maybe he knows win. where the maybe he knows where the bodies are buried it might be know. the length the length he provides on defense is well, probably what and, it is and, and the fact that that he attacks the rim. I mean, I wrote a piece for Bright Side of the Sun earlier and this season where he literally goes, but I know that he misses, but he, the Sun's early problem in this season was the fact that they wouldn't get to the foul line and they didn't attack the basket. They were all jump shooting and three-point shooting. And Abdul Nader was that one exception who, like every time he got to the ball, he just go to the rim. And we saw him do it a couple times. He was one for two on those takes tonight. So I don't know if that's necessarily why he was brought in. I think that Torrey Craig is a much better play defensively, right, Saul? But he hasn't been I on so. court since March. I, I, again, I don't understand somebody that hasn't played a, a single minute all playoffs. So then all of a sudden you're taking all of Tory Craig's minutes as if Tory Craig was just completely inefficient and garbage the entire playoffs. That's not what's happened. I don't understand it. But I'm not money. I don't get paid the big bucks. And we won. Yes. So I don't give a shit. <laughs> Matthew, what do you we think? We did win. Uh, no, it, it is very strange, but honestly, I expected it because I think Monty loved him during the whole season, even though Nader on the offensive end all season didn't do too much. I think he just likes his length on defense. And I think that's what the Suns maybe lacked the last two games or last game to prevent those threes from going up, but it was only five minutes. So I don't know how much to talk about this guy because maybe it's just like warming him up for the finals, warming him up for the rest of the series. Something that like, you know, if Ty Lue, if Ty Lue did this and the, the media would be going crazy, be like, yeah, get this guy some minutes in a wasted game. You know, if the Suns win, if the Lakers are the Lakers, if the Clippers win, it doesn't matter, dude. So just give him those minutes. I can't so, wait till this 40-point barrage by Abdul Nader. And you never know, final. man. Never know. It's coming. L Lissy believes <laughs> that Monty Williams led probably the most important game of our season. Let's get Abdel Nader some run in yep. crunch minutes yeah. so Let's he's ready for game. the final. Let's just waste the game. If we lose, at least oh he gets God. those five minutes. Get him warmed up. Let him miss that layup. Well, I mean, is is oh, Abdel Nader this this year's Elia Kobo? For those of you who are Suns yeah. fans for like 20 years I, in the chat. No, yeah. I don't think so. He, yeah, but he had an undying loyalty to that guy. Yes. Like he played Ellie way too much last year. And I don't want to spend more than three seconds extra talking about Elliot Kobo, but remember, you didn't have campaign at the time. Yeah, yeah but... you had Tyler Johnson, and yeah, they were playing. They were trying to find. Yeah, Tyler he, he was trying to but... find his campaign. 
Can we stop talking about? I feel dirty. How about this? When you mentioned Elliot Kobo, I'm going to change course here. Okay, there's one guy who we do not talk enough about when it comes to starting five. I swear, that's Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges. Yes, thank you, Matthew. 13 rebounds tonight, only six points. I I got you. Uh, I love Mikael Bridges. Everybody does. He's he's a two blocks, three assists. I mean, he's just that stat stuffer who had some really important rebounds tonight, especially on the offensive end. You know, ended with a total of three offensive rebounds, but I felt they came at very critical times. We don't talk enough about Mikael Bridges or Jay Crowder, who was one for eight from the field. But again, I'm not going to put a lot of stock in shooting percentages tonight, given the fact that nobody shot well. But I think the wing depth of our team, especially with Mikael Bridges, has played pretty, pretty acceptable basketball thus far. No, nobody. Uh, Mikael Bridges is um, <laughs> littering and littering and speeding. Come on. Now. Look, <laughs> yeah, yeah. look, I mean, you look at Mikael Bridges. He only took six shots tonight, and he was three of six. Like aggressiveness on on the offensive end uh, may have been his biggest problem this evening. It wasn't as if he was shooting poorly. We just weren't. We're not seeing the Mikael Bridges that cuts to the hoop, uh, and that may be in part because the Clippers are just mucking it up. Uh, mm-hmm. in that lane, so that makes it difficult for him to do it. But he did – I mean, he came through with 13 boards tonight, so he's he's doing the little things. He played very good defense. Again, he's a big part of why they had such success on the defensive end in the second half. Uh, so he he's helping. I just wish we saw a little bit more offensively. I, I wish we could see a little bit more offensively. I also am not a fan of him not – really playing as much as it seems like his minutes have been cut back. Uh, and you think like a night tonight, like a, a night like tonight, that when Abdul Nader gets in, uh, that, that Mikhail Bridges wouldn't be the sacrificial lamb either. And, uh, you know, I want to see Mikhail Bridges play more. He hasn't been very good offensively. We know this. Mm-hmm. But defensively and and rebounding-wise, he can give you everything that he got. he's got. And he's your best option out there outside of the top three. So I would like to see a little bit more. Mikhail Bridges had one rebound where I swear his arms just went go-go gadget from way behind <laughs> him, and he just whack. And I was like, oh, my gosh. what? That might be the silliest rebound I've ever seen in my life. That was, It was so good. So hey, I, I Mikhail, turned to my – go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, ahead. I turned to my father at that point, and I said, his arms are so long he can scratch his shin without mm. bending over. Like it's it's insane yeah. how far that guy can reach – and get those boards, and that's what makes him so damn good on defense too. Is is just that ability to use that length and frustrate guys with it. And that's the other thing that frustrates me about the fourth quarter is that it just seemed like we were just sticking with the with the same five guys, not really trying to change anything up, and it just it just nothing was working. Cam Johnson, I thought, was playing pretty good tonight. Um, you know, he missed a couple threes, yeah, but mm-hmm. so did everybody else. We had good and defense I, on Paul George, though. Yeah, he was I really thought he was solid playing, defense on him. Yeah, and, He's and using I his would, body too, man. I would like to see him play a little bit more. Like I just would, and I think when you get to the NBA Finals, you're going to need, you know, him to to step up and, and play the way like he has in the Western Conference Finals, which I said he would, by the way. Yeah, and Bridges is honestly his defense has done perfect. All right, he's helping with the rebounds too. It's it's hard to ask like DeAndre and Mikael Bridges, you know, going into these playoffs to really play past their expectations. I think DeAndre Aiden has done it. Mikael Bridges, I know halfway through the season he started getting that mid range down in the paint, looking really great there. The pump fakes, doing what EJ always said every broadcast, you know, just throw up a pump fake and go past them. He started yep. doing that. This team might be a little harder to do that. They're a lot longer defensively, I think, but he's doing fine defensively. If he's a if he's lost an offense. I'm okay with it. As long as he makes the right play. I think last game he made a few mistakes fouling guys when he shouldn't have, but that kind of went away this game. So I think he played a lot better. Offensively, you like to see him to knock down those threes, but yes. honestly, I'm focused on him helping with DA's rebounding, helping the team get the rebounds and just play that defense, man. That's what we can expect this playoffs and in the has, finals. Has it hit anybody else that the Suns just have to go one and two in their next three games and and they go to the nba finals yes it's mm-hmm. that's it's insane thinking, to me right now it, that that's like, where it's at like what the 
what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> I'm with the escort. I, I was going to get to that here in a second. I, I want to do just one more quick little uh, point, and then we'll, you know, kind of on our outro, we'll talk about how we're feeling given the fact that we're up 3-1. But when we're talking about Mikhail Bridges, we saw the ESPN announcers once again do the same thing that every national pundit does. Is they call them Miles Bridges, like once a broadcast. <laughs> it's like, it, it's, you know, Je- uh, Jeff Van Gunny's got to say, he's like, oh, Miles Bridges. You know, it's like, come on, man. Like, come on. Like, really? Um, but there is one comment that he stated that I did write down, and I thought it was a very astute observation. He said, the Suns, James Jones, in the offseason, they added skill, age, and edge. And I think that was a very, very well-said thing that personifies this team. Don't you gents agree? Yeah, I don't think the Suns get get past the Clippers in this series if they don't have guys like Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, really influencing it, it Booker has an edge he's always had an edge but it needs to be a controlled edge and I think Chris Paul is doing his damnedest to give him that controlled edge right he got a little bit out of control tonight but I still love the intensity by which Booker especially against a, a Clippers team that is trying to be the bully they are very much trying to be the bully and Booker I on one particular play he went up for a layup he missed DeAndre Aiden got the ball back put it back up and Booker like was trying to go over the back of Morris and kind of like give him a little, you know, a little love in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. And Morris wasn't happy about it. Booker was kind of complaining to the officials, but at the same time, that was kind of like, yeah, we're not here to mess around. Like you could try and bully us all you want, but listen, Mori twin, go F off. Cause we're here to play. And I love hey, that. I love that intensity. You can't bully the bully, right? We are, we are the sharks. <laughs> Yes, we're we the, the sharks. We're the ones who knock. It does not matter. You can try to bully us. We will come right back. And yes, did Devin get a little extra frustrated tonight? Sure, he did. Uh, and and that's as much probably about his offensive struggles as anything. My favorite comment of the night though was Mark Jackson when Devin Booker fouled out, going really smart of Monty Williams to take him out here so he doesn't foul out of the game. And that was my favorite <laughs> comment uh, of the night from Mark Jackson. I'm only laughing because I thought the same thing. I'm like, wait, he fought out. He fouled out. I'm like, why is Booker <laughs> on the bench? I honestly kind of missed that, but uh, nothing goes over my head, right? Well, um, well, honest- Mike Breen had just said it before that, yeah. which is what got me the most. And the graphic <laughs> on the screen said Devin Booker's fouled out, and Mark yeah. Jackson still, hey, smart of Monty to take him out right now. I think Jay Crowder and Chris Paul really help in between plays, right? I mean, this is the ugliest game ever, but if they can help with officiating, kind of getting in the other team's head, I think that helps a lot. And that's what Jay Crowder provides a lot is just, you know, if, if we saw with LeBron, you see with Paul George, like he just looks at guys a different way, kind of speaks, you know, some kind of mental challenge to to the other players to where they're just like, oh, mental challenge. I don't know why I said that. No, you're but right, he, he he does I know, but I don't know if I could say that word or not, or the two words. But I he like, honestly I'm sorry, on, I'm just saying no, it's it's over. I just saw a headline <laughs> that I'm just like, what is that really the headline? Oh, I thought De- you're talking to me. Oh, right. Devin, Clippers drop something. Devin Booker leads Suns to 84-80 win over the Clippers by scoring 25 points. How I'm does, like, that is the no laziest one, headline ever. Is that really no the headline here? Like that's I don't somebody think who so. just looked at the box score and realized that Devin Booker counted for 29.7% of their total points. The headline should have been Booker needs to go to the Kardashians drawer of noses and find a new one. And then he can get back <laughs> drawer on- of noses, <laughs> get back on track. <laughs> the new, drawer of noses nose. brought to you. It's bringing us our show today, by the way, uh, you gotta, you gotta love the, uh, the Lissyisms that, that come up throughout the, uh, the show. I, we need more shirts with with Matthew sayings. I, I think we need that. Come on, Matthew, design those up, dude. All the profits will go to you. No, it's all right. Well, I, I wrote, well, I, okay. If you're gonna be lazy, then I'm not gonna be lazy. Although it is pretty lazy to analyze who the recipient of this award is. Jam star of the game. This is your reminder to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you're watching along live, hit the thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, and hit the little bell that notifies you when we go live, which is after every game. And also, in the chat, let us know who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, I'll start with you this time. Who's your jam star of the game? It's Aiden, even though like I wish he would have took advantage of more of having the ball in the second half and the team just keep feeding him. He just he was he's a big beefer tonight, dude. So he is jam star of the game. Big beefer. Espo, what do you think? Paul George again. 
Thanks for missing. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Another George. free throw. I think uh, I, there was nothing better to me than Paul George missing that free throw, and then they cut to Steve Ballmer, and he's just got his hands in his, his, <laughs> his hands, and he's just uh, he's just dismal. I I I thank you, Paul George. You you've made what could have easily been uh, a a different series uh, in the Suns' favor. So. Real quick, Luke, Luke Carter in the chat. We need a new segment called Weird Takes with Lizzie. Lizzie. That's the entire podcast. That's, That's the whole the beauty show. of it. That's <laughs> yeah. the whole show. That's we could right. name it's it not that. Weird. The Sun's now jam you know I like Kyrie Irving so much. <laughs> this is weird takes. <laughs> weird takes got, with Lizzie. You are, you are definitely the Kyrie Irving of this group. I will say that for sure. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I mean, it's obviously <laughs> DA, but I also want to give a shout out to all the fans apparently that were up in Staples Center. Making some noise. Rachel Nichols actually uh, tweeted about tweeted it, talking out, about yeah. there's more people at this game than there were at game three and uh, or more Suns fans. And, I mean, shout out to those that made the trip or that were already living in L.A. and were like, I need to go out here because, you know, they ain't coming back, baby. Oh, man. <laughs> good take. Well, you, you know what? He was so good, he gets a second drop. Game watch 2021. Yes. <laughs> yeah. DeAndre Ayton gets his second drop. The and you know what? Again, drop. I'm going to give it to Code JJM for dropping that $100 in the super chat. His jam star of the game was Paul George for missing those th- those free throws again. So, Code JJM, you're a jam star. DeAndre Ayton was clearly the jam star in this game. Uh, his, his ability to just, again, step up when the sun, when the Suns need him. You know, it's if somehow, some way, this team can hoist up the Larry O'Brien trophy, I never want to hear anybody compare him to Luka Doncic again. I don't give a shit. What he's doing in this playoffs alone, accepting his role, knowing that he doesn't have to be the superstar, but he is going to be the guy that is needed to help this team win, is phenomenal. It's fantastic. It's You don't see this from number one picks. Number one picks need the ball all the time. They need to ball, be ball dominant. He just goes in there, accepts his role, and and does what he does tonight. Again, 19 points, 22 fucking rebounds. I mean, it's just been fantastic. What do you think, Espo? D, D, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I just I, I think Code JJM needs a, another shout out. You can you can be my jam star along with Paul George. You guys can can share that. Anybody that drops a hundy on us, uh, it gets a it gets an extra shout out and some respect from me. For sure. I, I mean, again, he's just been so phenomenal and. We always talk about in team sports being the ultimate team player, being a team player, caring about your teammates. DeAndre Aiden is the epitome of yes, caring about his teammates, doing what his team is asking from him to do. I, I Again, I've said it a million times, and I'll say it a million more. I'm so proud of that kid. He's always been about his team, even at U of A, even in high school, and now he's – He's about to start to reap the benefits of that because if they do win the NBA Finals, you know these guys are going to start getting some love nationally. They're going to start getting some more endorsement deals. You're going to start to see Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Aiden and Devin Booker specifically getting some love in some of these national ads like Chris Paul does. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, they're on the verge of superstardom because of team success, which is exactly why you draft these players is because you want them to chip in with team success and take you to the top. DeAndre Aiden, amen. I'm so happy you're on this team. Good job, buddy. I'm yeah, just happy just, I was beating Aiden's that drum all right all year. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead, Matthew. I mean, no, Aiden, Aiden's drum. great, but just jamming on the Suns, almost twenty bucks to the pod. Yeah, well, 1993. I like that. Well played, nice. jamming on the Suns. Oh, donated 1993 in the super bucks. chat. Magical right. season. Enjoying these pods all season has a, been a huge part of the ride. Much appreciated. It's been. Uh, a huge part of the ride for all of us to provide you with this content constantly and consistently. Again, Matthew and I have been live after, after every game. The Sun Solar Panels every Saturday. You can catch them. And I think that it's, you know, again, going back to Esso's point. Hey, Tracy one. Esposito. Hey. I think we, my bank account just logged into the chat there. <laughs> <laughs> we are one win away. From the NBA Finals. Thoughts? Uh, I have some breaking news, actually, gentlemen. Break this it. just in. DraftKings free-to-play pools are keeping it cool all summer long. <laughs> Choose from a wide variety of free contests to enter the pool and answer a handful of questions. Make picks for free and grab your share of 10 
$10,000. That's right. $10,000 in weekly prizes. Dive into the DraftKings pools today. It's entering is easy. Just download the DraftKings app and head to their pools page. Select from many different contests that DraftKings has, ranging from evening sporting events to wacky weather Wednesdays. That's right. That's when it's going to be 93 here on Wednesday. That's wacky weather in in Arizona. Then make your picks and watch the action unfold. Entries with the most correct answers will be deemed the winners, which I still think that's the way all winners usually work, but that's the way they'll (laughs) deem the winners. Uh, Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using the code DRYHEAT. All players will have a free shot at grabbing $10,000 in weekly prizes. If you didn't hear me, $10,000 in weekly prizes without spending a dime. That's code dry heat to feel the sweat only at DraftKings. Eligibility, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. We just Matthew, have to get the sponsors. Matthew, can you hold up your shirt real quick? I want DraftKings. Yeah, what? All right, see see these shirts that Matthew and I are no, please God no. So don't lift uh, it up, just hold it up. We had, we, had couple, we had a couple people in the chat asking where we got these shirts. Uh just sports again. Shout out to them. This is the part of the podcast where we just throw a lot of ads at you. The Suns Jam Session Podcast is brought to you by Just Sports. Enter the code Suns Jam at checkout for any of your online orders and receive 15% off of your purchase. That's right. Let them know that the Suns Jam Session guy sent you. Again, that is promo code SUNSJAM when checking out at shopjustsports.com. Boom, shakalaka. There you go. All right, 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals. Thoughts, Matthew? Go! We said they, we said they would win it, but I thought it would be a sweep, but it's going to be in five. So I'm looking forward to Monday night to celebrate going to the finals. I mean, Monday night's going to be a crazy night, right, John? we got to find a spot. Oh, Call man. out the next day. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. We should find a spot for us all to congregate and, and watch this this hopefully final game of the Western Conference Finals because, uh, yeah, I just feel like I should celebrate with you guys. You I hear you. So That's you cool. get us a suite and we'll be there. <laughs> there Can we That's sit perfect. courtside with you, Saul? You and De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins? Is it cool? I gotta go, guys. I'll see you guys later. Bye. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's usually how that goes when it comes to that. that what was the final score right. on the golf course with Eddie? Uh, I think I lost by three strokes, but we play like combat golf. So like there's like putting things and, and driving things that, that can that can win you uh money. So um I ended up losing eleven bucks, but I won fifteen oh, from another no. guy. But okay. I won fifteen from another guy, so you yeah, know I came plus out four. four heads, so I was thinking good. hundreds. You're not betting hundreds, just. I mean, you could dollars. lose hundreds, yeah, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not shitty, Matt. I'm pretty fucking good. <laughs> look, I'm look, Eddie. Good. Eddie is a Eddie is a brave man to play combat golf with a guy that has fatigues hanging over him in his <laughs> podcast studio. All right, Eddie, Eddie is a nine <laughs> handicap. He's pretty good. Jeez, uh, I'm yeah. a twenty. He's got the time to do it. All right. <laughs> true. He, and 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 he was a little bit off at the beginning of his round because he was on the Dan Patrick show. So it was got him while you were playing. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Sinking those butts. Uh final thoughts as we get ready for the game on Monday, game five. Uh, let's go around the room one last time and just tell me what you're thinking, how you're feeling. Uh again, this is so much fun, guys. This is so it, much fun. It's not over. It's not over. It's three to one. This Clippers team is like just – it's like that bug you think you you're, you keep killing and they still come back and they come back and it's just like – so the Suns just got to take care of business. They got to come in with the right mindset. Devin Booker and Chris Paul, I'm looking at you. You've been – you're 24 for your last 84. Uh, I'm going to need a little bit more in game five to finish this team off uh, because you can't expect the Clippers to shoot as poorly as they did tonight, nor should you expect the Suns to shoot as poorly as they did tonight. I think the Suns come out with the crowd behind them and they take care of business. I'm excited to see what happens on Monday, and I'm, I have good feelings and good thoughts. Here we go. It's not over now, but it's over on Monday, all right? You can bust out – the uh, the the however you want to do it, the Vince Carter, whatever, however you want to say it's over, it's over on Monday. All right, it's over on Monday. This team's gonna come out. I uh, I just I don't know that the Clippers have much left. They they looked like a team that was spent at the end of that game, and the Suns team needs to go out there and play. 48 minutes of strong basketball on Monday with the crowd behind them. And 
give themselves time to rest for the NBA Finals. This is a huge game. Get it done on Monday. Can Are I we allowed to riot? Too? Can, can I say something real quick? Phoenix? Not yeah, not for so. the Western Conference Finals, there, Matthew. No. Yeah, yeah. You uh, right. For the you're NBA right. Finals, go ham, but not for. Yeah. Me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but can, can I also say, like, the stars are kind of aligned for the Suns because the the Bucks and the Hawks are going to play tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If the Bucks or Hawks win, they'll be two one. They still got two more games to play, and so the Suns At might least. have like almost two weeks off before they finally get to the NBA Finals, which is pretty insane. I don't know yeah. if that's good or bad. We'll see. But it gives Chris Paul time to get back in basketball shape. So that's uh, that's good. Look, we, we don't condone, uh, we don't condone uh, rioting in any way, shape, or form. Unless you're Devin Booker. Have, have a good time, all right? <laughs> Find a way to have a good time if, uh, if they win on Monday. Final thoughts, Matthew. Um, you know, if they win, we should start a march, free the nipple down seventh street, whatever you guys want to do. I'll be down there. We won't riot yet though. Right. No, if I won't. see your nipple, I'll riot. Don't I'll, I'll, I'll have to take him out. He'll, he'll pull it out right now. You be, you don't care for what you asked for. <laughs> I didn't ask for it. I I'm said, i <laughs> That was stupid. Let's just let's end the pot. Listen, on a listen, good I'll, I love I'll, you guys. I'll, let me, let me finish with my final thoughts. We're going into game five, coming home with an opportunity to win the Western Conference Finals. This is a team that won 19 games two years ago. This has been an unbelievably uh, fun ride, exciting ride. But I'll tell you, as we get to this point in the season, it's not unexpected. This team has performed time and time again, exceeded expectations to the point where knowing that they have an opportunity to put the cigarette butt out, to take Dario's parliament light out of his mouth, put on the ground, do some Olivia Newton-John shit on it. And again, Saul, I'll send you a gif of that later so you understand what that is. This is an opportunity for them to really put this team out of their misery. We took their best two shots. We did in game two. We took a good one in game three, in which they won. But tonight at home is a game that they should have won, and the Suns outlasted them. So hopefully we can put that foot on their throat and win the Western Conference on Monday. So you know, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, Thank you for joining us. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, we're on Twitch. Smash that like button while you're here. Become an elite jamster or a flaming baller by clicking the join button in the, the link in the description. Feel free to donate. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. All that fun stuff. We we It's been a hell of a ride. It's been fun doing these every game afterwards with all of you gentlemen, and I look forward. we got to figure out what we're going to do on Monday. I'm really looking for, forward to Saul getting us in the building. Can we... Can we give the people what they want? What do Can they- we hit the Dario's smoke break once? The Sarge smoke break. <laughs> we don't have to talk about him. We can no, we're not going to talk about that. him. Nope. It's, it, it's not right if we don't do it without him. <laughs> but on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us. And we will see you live after the game on Monday. Have a great night. Go home, go home the family. for the family. Damn what, I said what, it first, so. <laughs> What'd you say, Matthew? <laughs> I said, everyone go home and love your family. That was okay. Espo. I was just making sure there was no, you didn't say go home and flash a nipple or something. That's, so, what, that's, that's what I was supposed to say. You go home and love your family. Rim, you orange rimmed glasses, son of a bitch. <laughs>